So you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to sleep, we'd much rather you did it at home in a warm, comfy bed than in our pews where you might disturb the person next to you. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important. The support and encouragement of intergenerational community, inspiring music, cookies, coffee, kids, you know, the good things. But we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastor, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kids' soccer team or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, snuggle up in your favorite blankie, or maybe keep jogging or keep running those errands, whatever you're doing, um, and receive this with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with everything we say or not. We encourage you to be thinking for yourself, to question, to disagree. Our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So, Chris, it's the third week of Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Yeah. Yeah, it continues on, right? You still have have any robin's eggs left? No. I actually threw them away because they had been heated and cooled so many times they were beginning to be weird. Oh. Because they had ended up They lived in your car, yeah. Yeah. But my mom enjoyed them on our road trip last week. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Discovered if I keep something in the console, she'll eat the whole trip. Yes. Go mama. (laughs) So it's the third week of Easter, and we're um, exploring these experiences of people that have with the risen Christ. Right. right? It's the so simplest way to talk about post-resurrection. Post-resurrection. There's all these moments where people run it, into to run Jesus. Run into Jesus knowingly or unknowingly. Knowingly or unknowingly. And this is an unknowingly one. This is an unknowingly one because this is the trip of two people who are walking to a, back to Emmaus from Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And they're walking along, having a conversation, as you do. And a third person appears. Yeah, just this random stranger is also walking on the road with them. Yeah, and they end up in a conversation, and this random stranger lays out all the scripture for them about who Jesus was and Great. why things have had to happen. And well, Jesus plays dumb. He does play dumb. I do like that. Any woman in leadership understands playing dumb, dumb being yeah. like, oh, what are you guys so upset about? Oh, well, tell me about that. What oh, yeah. happened? Yeah, and then, and then he gets a little bit like... He really? chides them a little, and he's like, you lovable yeah, fools. fools. Here let it me, is. Let me explain this to you. Yeah, yeah. This is what you're missing. The, the stranger is about to walk on when they reach their destination, and they say, no, no, come. We've been enjoying this conversation. Come in and have a meal with us. Which is like rules of hospitality when you meet a stranger. Exactly. They go in. The stranger breaks bread, and in the breaking of the bread, they, they go, recognize. oh my gosh, it's Jesus. Oh my, didn't he just do that four days ago? Oh. Huh. And then he evaporates like you do like you do jesus evaporates jesus does a disappearing act and the two the two travelers look at each other and go what what wait wait that was our hearts were strangely we had heartburn when he was talking about that (laughs) yeah our hearts were strangely warmed they say we're not our hearts burning within us while he was talking on the road they get up and run back to jerusalem and i think it's good storytelling rather than anything else like lack of facts or whatever like people are always like well why didn't they notice that their hearts were burning when it was happening 
Like, because a good storyteller doesn't, you know. You don't reveal everything immediately. You have to bury the lead. Right. You right. gotta bury the lead. So that doesn't actually, like, that's not one of the things about this passage that fascinates me. Right. Like, that I that it's very fascinating to a lot of people. is like, why didn't why did they, they know? Notice? And I'm like, hmm. That's not the thing I'm curious about. I'm curious about what was Jesus trying to get across to them? What what was right. the experience here? So. Well, it kind of bums me out that they don't lay out the lecture. Right. You know, like, here's, I, that here's would be, Jesus's I the same thing for explanation of the lecture. Instead, they just said, and then he explained some stuff. Right. I'm like, oh, man. That'd that be, a, it would be really cool. Such a cop out. It's such a cop. Yes, I feel, I, I feel like maybe Luke just didn't remember it. Maybe. Yeah. Well, then this was written a yeah. few well, decades we know later. That. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things, though, I want to remind us about as we think about this passage is that it's happening on this on Sunday, the same Sunday as the, the women. women have gone to the tomb, the same Sunday that Jesus appears in the locked room. You know, like Jesus is getting around. Well, and that this is all immediate, right? I've really been struck this year in the Easter season about how we kind of look back on all of this as if it's a fatal accompli uh-huh. like of course it means this or of course this meaning was immediately described to it but and it really and was it just bam 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 lots of things happening, happening and people trying to make sense of that and, and live into that and figure that all out i like the little detail at the end where it says they ran back to jerusalem and told the other disciples right. who told them that oh by the way jesus had been there too right Jesus had showed up to Peter. So before you go Simon, on with your story, Simon. Simon. You're right. They're the same. They're, they're the same. same you're right. They're the same. What I love is the NSRV doesn't actually say Ryan, but they got they got up and went. They got up and went. But I do. I've had, but in my quickly. head. My, my head, it's, it's running. Like in other versions, it's running. Seven right? miles. When I think about this passage, I'm thinking about there are these travelers. We do have a name for one of them, but I really just want us to like, like I think it's a little easier when we don't know their names to sort of put ourselves in that position. Okay. So Susan and I are walking down the road. Yeah, I mean, we're walking down this road to Emmaus, and and we're going away from a place that held promise. You know, we're upset, and we're unsure, and there's some sadness there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll love the way the text says that they, they when Jesus asked them what was going on, they, like, stood still looking sad. Yeah, they stood still. <laughs> but in, they're, the, they're, in the message, it says, it looked at e- they looked at each other as if their best friend had just died. Right. And there's like the sense of, I mean, you really get the sense that there is heavy stuff that comes with this. Yeah. And we don't actually know that much about who these folks are, which I think is really fascinating and and a, and a point to note. You know, what we know is that they have some connection to Jesus, but did they meet Jesus in the previous week? Like, were they there when the tables in the temple got turned over? Or were they longer standing, standing followers than be, that? They had been there at the feeding of 5,000 and they had seen the healings and they had been in, in the synagogue and heard the, heard the stories and parables. And, and there's sort of conflicting scholarship about who they are. Right. There's some scholars that suggest that Cleopas, the one who we get the name for, is the father of one of the one of the 11 remaining disciples. Okay. But there's also some scholarship, which I thought really fascinating that cleopas is jesus's uncle on joseph's side uncle cleo uncle cleo right and joseph we assume is long gone at this point yeah like because joseph just sort of disappears out of the text so where the assumption is is that he joseph has passed he died at some point and it makes me wonder you know like how close is their relationship to jesus right are these people who have watched jesus grow up or, are they people who joined Jesus and his, his sort of traveling rabbi style, style? Or are they people who came for the spectacle at the end? Right. And while it doesn't actually totally matter, 
I think it's an interesting thing to be thinking about because I think we tend to put those whose stories get recorded in the gospel text, in the biblical text, like up on a pedestal. Hmm. That we need to be thinking somewhat, you know, that there are people who are in this journey, even in Jesus's time, that are coming at different points. Who are noobs. They're new or they're, they're experiencing things slightly different than we might draw that picture in our head. And then I got struck by this idea that they're on a trip. They are on a trip home. They are going to... Yeah, we assume that they're people who came to Jerusalem for the Passover. Passover and which then would not have been uncommon. Heading back home afterwards. Some right. kind of a pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. Yeah. Right. Annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Right. But they're on a trip, right? They're, not, they're just headed home, back. Mm-hmm. Carrying all these emotions, and but then they're visited by Jesus, and doesn't that changes what was a trip into a journey? Interesting for me because it, it takes like a destination, and, and and it and it helps it helps clarify why they're having this conversation on the way home, right? It's sort of like you took that road trip with your teenager, and like you get that deep conversation. <laughs> Yeah, you you as a youth director know what that's like that you don't get over the dinner table or right, right. and they're discussing things. They're they're the the two on the travel, and then they're joined by Jesus, who helps them do this even deeper. Right, like it feels like they might have been talking about surface events, and then Jesus says, "Let's take this deeper. Mm -hmm. Take it down a couple levels, and look 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 what the text says, and, and where this all lands in that. Instead of being on this trip that's to lead them to safety and and to return to um, the known and um, security, Jesus enters in. It's a lot like what I talked about last week and the third class ticket, mm -hmm. where Jesus has said to the disciples, it's time to get, you know, now you got to get out time and do the work. Time to go to work, yeah. Yeah. And what I feel like Jesus is saying here is like, you've been on a trip. Welcome to the journey. Right. That this is a longer... That this is a longer term thing. Yeah. That this, um, we all hope that all... All transformation happens overnight. It'd be handy. It'd be handy and lovely, right? But it doesn't. Right. Now I'm, I'm, I'm reminding you of all these things that have been said about who the Messiah is going to be. I'm hopefully bringing to mind all the things I've been saying to you. And so now you have to go journey, which may not lead you to safety and security. And back to no. normal. Back to ordinary life. Right. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. And it's a reminder that you can't go home again when you're on a journey. Mm. You do, but you always come back changed, yeah. transformed. Well, you start carrying home in your pocket because you, you realize that where you might end up is totally different. Right. I think about, for me, I've always been fascinated by people who've lived in one place their entire life. Yeah. Right? Or lived in one place their entire life and then, you know, like maybe went to college or maybe moved across, you know, but that one place they lived for so long is always home. Uh -huh. I began to realize, you know, for me, home is where my collections are. <laughs> That, that's my, my, my center. It's, it's an, and it doesn't have to be all of my, you know, but, but that home is where I am. Yeah. I don't need my mom and dad. I don't need my siblings. I'm home. You are home. Well, and like, I remember thinking something along those lines when I moved out to go to college and within like two weeks, my parents had redecorated my room <laughs> and turned it into the guest room. Right. You know, and I came home and I was like, well, this is not my room anymore. This yeah. is not my space. Right, right. You know, and so, now they've moved houses. So yeah, and now they've moved houses. They moved around the corner, and so uh, so I go to that house, and it's like, well, this is my parents' house. Right, you right. Know? And I think that's a like an important distinction, right? We're going to take home with us, and we're going to journey with God to, into where God is and what God is doing, and and all those things. And that's that's a that's a challenging thing, 
And that's a significant thing and it's an important thing. And I just, it's a sort of like, so folks, that's where we are. That's where we are in Easter. We're in this place where Jesus is saying, we're not yet done. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And um, so that's why I love that this passage ends with them like Sprinting. talking about their holy heartburn, right? Like, yeah. oh, our hearts were warmed and right. And then journeying on, like they're yeah. not done. And I talked about, I talked a little bit about the John Wesley experience, which we always have to talk about. As of Methodist. course. Tell me, right. tell you tell me the John Wesley experience. Well, I, I basically. Because mine gets real snarky real fast. Well, my version, I did, you know, I can do the snarky version too. But for this Sunday, I said, you know, John Wesley has this experience where he's in Bible study and his heart is strangely warmed and it transforms his life from that moment. I said, mm-hmm. but it wasn't his only warming heart experience and it's the folks on the way to Emmaus are not just going to have one experience, but we are on that journey to the next one so that we, you know, as a signpost, as a touchstone um, of the journey. Yeah. That's where I left it. You know, go get some, you know, go pay attention to the Holy heartburn. Your folks are just embarking on a big journey right now too. Yeah. I mean, we, they, some of them don't know that we're doing it yet, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, so are we not going to, we don't need to talk about it. No. Well, I mean, no, it's not like that, but you know, we're, we're. I don't surprise them. They find out on the podcast. (laughs) No, I I don't mean it that way. I just mean some people just aren't paying attention. Of course. Well, you can put something in the announcements for seven weeks in a row and people still don't know what's happening. They're like, what? But, you, yeah. but your folks are starting on this journey of deciding to become um, a reconciling congregation. A reconciling congregation, which is the Methodist euphemism for we accept all people, people into right. all levels of ministry. And yeah. so particularly LGBTQ, Q. but yeah. not exclusively. Right. And in our congregation, it's clearly important that it not just be about LGBTQ folks. Um, right. Um, because we want to be a welcoming place for people Everybody. of different abilities and um, different appearances and, you know, those sorts of things that we have, that we already are to a great extent, um, because we've been living this journey out, whether we knew, you know, knew, know our theology or not, but to make that explicit. So we're getting there. We're working on it. Very cool. Yay. Well, good job, Susan. Thank you. And thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to your own journey, Shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, on any platform that hosts podcasts. The scripture for this podcast is Luke chapter 24, 13 to 35. It's a long, long passage, but I think you can handle it. Mm -hmm. And the theme music you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. And so as we usually do at the end of the podcast and at the end of worship, we send you forth with a a benediction, a homework, a... A blessing. It depends on our mood, right? But mine is to, to pay attention to the to the the strangely warm places in your heart, and to pay attention to the journey, and to remember you're not on a trip, but you're journeying with the God and Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.